TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging. Well, Marcus Pierce here with you and gee whiz, I am just a little bit humbled. I am overawed to introduce the viral legend of wellness himself, <laughs> Dr. Damien Christoph. How are you, legend? Oh, great, legend. Great, thank you very much. Now, just to be, just to um, make, great. just to let all of our listeners and viewers relax. When I say viral, I don't mean like COVID viral. I, I mean yeah, like an, I don't have internet sensation viral. You you lit up the internet about this time last week, <laughs> shortly after 100 Not Out. Can you share with our lovely listeners and viewers on Facebook exactly what happened uh, since our recent yeah. recording? Yeah, well, I will I'll share, but I just want to say something that since this thing that happened last week happened, uh, we we're, I think we're, we've almost hit the stratosphere in terms of fame, you and I. <laughs> We've got people watching us from all over the place, like Laura Barry, Debbie Bunyard, Wendy Stewart, Sam Gowing, Michelle Harrigan, hey Mish, um, Summer Daly, like Jackie Kidman, Sandy Marsh, like oh, we never had this much engagement ever. So good. Anyway, so the reason why I say it that way is because the other day Amber sent me this cute little Winnie the Pooh thing, um, and you know Amber, my beautiful wife, sent me a not everything is cancelled. Uh, Winnie the Pooh thing with Winnie the Pooh leaning back, wanting to give, you know, cuddles. And it goes on to talk about what's not cancelled, right? Um, anyway, that's had 70,318 people reached, 4,806 engagements, 716 shares, PC. That's bigger than our chiropractic video, pretty much, almost. The chiropractic video that we had was unbelievable. Like, that was but this is next level. For someone that, yeah. I mean, you and I probably post to social media about twice a month <laughs> together on average. Not even we're, that. We're a little bit invisible. Yeah. So I think for, we've cracked the code. We must have cracked the code. Yeah. I'm just surprised I haven't seen you on the you know New York Times or the front page of the paper. I mean, obviously, because it's not that corona-related, uh, it's not newsworthy enough to hit the mainstream just yet, but I must say you're dealing very well with your fame. You are in a collared shirt today as a result of the Winnie the Pooh post and all of the attention that you're getting. I know they're getting comments about Damo looking sharp. No one's making comment about my haircut and my seven-day growth that I'm <laughs> carrying. So you're holding the fame at you the do. moment. But why you are you good with your haircut? Thank I have you. To say. Thank you. Why are you not in golf gear? Why are you in a, a white collared shirt? Well, I played golf this morning. Um, and pretty good golf actually today. It was it was good. Um, well done. But I'm I'm giving a presentation today to a company um, that works in the medical devices field, um, and I'm I'm doing a presentation on the gut is your immune system. So the gut is your immune system is a presentation that I've been working on for a number of years, um, and it talks about. Um, immunity, and you know, people would remember that I've drawn, I've drawn the gut is the immune system presentation. I've oh done this before. Gosh. I did this at a wellness summit, yep. and um, it looked like a penis. I think is what, it, and people <laughs> laughed. <laughs> I think when I drew the pancreas, people were like, "Well, oh, there's a, there's a, 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 
it's a, it's a pancreas, right? And so, um, uh, it's the first time I ever felt like the dad going, now, kids, don't, childish, you know, that's... <laughs> so, I... Um, Oh, I'll be doing that good. today. That's too um, good. Immediately after we finish this, I'm stepping into a, an online forum to do a, a presentation. And, oh, uh, and that's, that's what I'll be doing. Good. So, You know, <laughs> if you take the, the C and the R out of pancreas, you almost get penis. So this is very um, – I can't believe that you actually <laughs> have referred to this diagram, which I actually remember the many times yeah. that I've seen it. Um, I must have missed the phallic – Jokes, but um, I actually want to. I, I, well, <laughs> I want to bring this back to a straight and narrow, but I want to ask you some serious questions about this. But my five-year-old male brain just can't stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just do some more shout-outs. Catherine Colville's there, and I love Catherine Colville. I haven't seen her for years. So nice to see you there. Thanks for joining us. I love everyone that's been on here. That's you know watching it right now. Robin Taylor's there. Haven't seen Robin for a long time. Hope you're all great. Um, and so, yeah, there's lots of wonderful people joining us today. So, thank you, everyone, for joining us. It's nice. Now, tell people about – I really want you – I would love – I know it's so visual, so maybe don't tell us about the immunity image. All I remember is I've had my appendix out. I've had my tonsils out. And I remember you talking yeah. about the appendix. The It starts with the tonsils and then it's normally the gallbladder and then it goes down to the appendix and you talk about this cascade of effects and then yeah. we all – no longer scratch our heads why so many people have gut health issues and digestive issues and the rest. But can you, I'd love for you to elucidate this conversation that you're probably going to give to the um, wonderful people of the establishment shortly after this podcast. Uh, but can you give people a, a summary? Because it's so powerful, that, that information. Yeah, mate, it's so powerful. And I think really what it is, what it comes back to is like at any level, whenever you intervene with it, whenever you interact with a particular level, um, in the body. So whether we're talking the immune system, respiratory system, um, alimentary tract, uh, whatever it is that you're looking at, like whatever system you're working with, um, wherever you interact, there's upstream and downstream consequences. And, um, and so when you interact with the lymphatic system or the immune system, um, you're actually impacting um, on the whole of your immune system. So let's say, for example, you take your adenoids out. Does that have an effect on the immune system? And the answer is yes. If you take out your tonsils, does that have an impact on your immune system? Of course the answer is yes. If uh, if you've got some gastrointestinal dysfunction or some ill health in the gut, if you take out one of the lymphatic glands, let's say it's the um, appendix, does that impact on the immune system? And of course the answer is yes because these lymphatic systems um, or you know um, glands uh, are big bundles of lymphatic tissue which help us manage our immune response to the environment that goes inside our body from the outside. So it's from the external environment coming into our body through either the nose, the mouth, food, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So this is the reason why probiotics are so beneficial. And um, and interestingly, and I'll be you know talking about this a little bit today on the talk, um, that they're doing some human trials at the moment um, with probiotics and um, COVID, COVID-19, so, which is really exciting. So at, at this point in time, there's at least three human trials taking place um, using probiotics to decrease the impact of COVID or, um, or even you know, looking at gastrointestinal effects and respiratory effects and potentially also the prevention of. So you know, if they never find a vaccine for this thing, um, we might have something else, which is probably, you know, in my opinion, um, a safer option, you know, 
probably less in you know less chance of something going wrong using a probiotic than something else, another type of intervention. I'd like to ask you, I don't know if it's just me, but is it is it just news headlines that it seems like everything in not just the, the wellness sphere, but everything is being linked to a possible, um, not cure for COVID-19, but everything is being, everything is on the table as a way to deal with COVID-19 because no one really knows. It's like, oh, we've got, as you just mentioned, a probiotics trial, three of them, which is great, but we're also testing this against COVID-19 and we're testing that against COVID-19 and we're testing that against COVID-19 because it's all very brand new. Is that just me or is that kind of on the money? Well, when you say they're testing everything, there's a whole lot of stuff that they're not testing, you know, so things that you would think would be lay down mazares. So you go, well, vitamin C, you know, why wouldn't you be testing people with IV vitamin C or things that we know um, actually improve the function of the immune system? So we def- we absolutely know that probiotics um, improve aspects and components of the immune system. They yeah. intervene, uh, you know, at you know, different levels of the inflammatory cascade and um, and cytokine storms and all kinds of different things. We know that the that probiotics interact there. Um, we know that certain herbs like echinacea, for example, or um, astragalus, you know, uh, we, we know that those herbs actually have a potent antiviral um, effect. So why don't we invest? Why aren't we investigating those things? Mm-hmm. So where there is money. So where there is smoke, there is mm-hmm. fire. So you know where we see that um, people are spending time and money on drugs, it's because there's money at the other end of it. So that's oh come on, now, Damien, come skeptical. on now, surely not, surely. <laughs> where do you come up with this stuff? I know it's skeptical. <laughs> I know it's skeptical. But why, if it was, if we were considering, what are the things that we could be using to um, manage this pandemic? in the world, why wouldn't we test everything? If there's enough sick people in the world with this thing, we can get stuff up. We can get trials. We can, you, we can do trials on people who have got it that aren't in hospital. So people who are – and why can't we get ethics for this stuff? Like why can't we get a 1,000 people who have COVID? We could do that in Victoria. We could do it in Melbourne. There's <laughs> enough people in Melbourne alone like to say, okay, all you guys with COVID – um, come and grab some of, of this vitamin um, or this herb, and and yep. all you people with COVID, I'm going to give you a placebo. Why don't we see which one works and see if it shortens the duration or decreases the symptoms or whatever else? You know yep. why why are why isn't the NHMRC doing that? Um, why are we chasing something that's so mystical that may not actually? There's no vaccine for the rhinovirus which is the common cold like there's nothing for that we still haven't got an effective vaccine um, that works every single time for the flu so why are we waiting for a vaccine to be found for the coronavirus they might find one but there's not enough glass on the planet to make enough vials for seven billion people to have a vaccine you know like whatever billion people we've got on the planet i don't know how much we've got at the moment (laughs) but we we haven't got enough glass to make all those vials so or needles to make all of those vaccines. So why don't we look at all the other things that could actually help? You know, herd immunity will be part of this. Vitamin C will be part of this. Zinc will be part of this. Herbs will be part of this. Why, why aren't we spending money on trying to identify what have we got at the moment that works on the immune system? Why, that's, you know, PC, when you ask me the question, you go, uh, is, it, you know, everything being tested? It's not everything being tested. I'll tell you that right now, PC. 
Um, and so, yeah, let's. That's a, that's a that. fabulous response. And as you said, I would love it if they bunched them up into groups of 100 people and gave them all different things, the things you just mentioned. It Try would make, make perfect sense. But, um, like if they're not, if they're not, you know, dangerously ill, why don't we try and just measure it? Why don't we just measure it and see if we can get some data, rather than just getting a whole bunch of people to ride out fourteen days and get rid of all their symptoms? Why don't we measure like what happens if we intervene? Let's. Mm. Why would why would we do that, Daniel Andrews? Like that just makes sense to me, you know. Yeah. Instead of. Yeah. No. This is that's great. Why I'm not, that's no. why I'm not the premier, and and I'm not, you know, the minister for health. Um, it's maybe, maybe there's more to it. Maybe I'm looking at it too simplistically. Um, but I would think that that would be a wise thing to do. I think I'll put in the comments if you're watching this on Facebook, if you think Damien John Christoph should be the Minister for Health or some, some, <laughs> he should be, uh, should be given uh, responsibility in the so. COVID task force in Victoria. Um, mm. this is a, a conversation that kind of ideally matures our understanding around the immune system. I think, you know, what I was just referring to outside of the probiotics is it seems that every kind of medicine known to man is being spoken about as a potential to COVID-19 you know, improvement, which, again, seems preposterous. You're getting a lot of love. I'm seeing love hearts everywhere. They all want you to be on the COVID task force, Damo. Um, but why <laughs> is it that we've become um, – and I kind of feel like I already know the answer to this question, but I think it's a really important question anyway. Why are we so reductionist in our actual understanding and awareness around the immune system? Like, why is it when I had my appendix out at age 22 or 23 after a big night out on the gas, why did I have no awareness that – it was going to impact my immune system. Why would my mum very happily, willy-nilly, get my tonsils taken out just because I'd probably had a cough two or three times? Um, yeah, let's get the tonsils out. Yeah, he'll be fine, whatever. Why do we have... It's almost like why are we so unconscious? Why do we have no real impact? Is it because the immune system, we don't actually feel like we have an organ that defines it, like the heart defines... I don't know, what do we say that defines? Is it the rep- respiratory system or is that the lungs? Circulation. But, yeah, circulation. circulation. So, in the lungs, would yeah. I would say visually define our respiratory system, let's say. But is it because yeah. we don't yeah. have a, an organ that visually defines the immune system that we don't see how all of these extracted organs actually improve its function? Well, we uh, use a parts model in medicine these days so healthcare system set up in parts it's not set up as a um as a holistic you obviously have practitioners that are holistic in their approach and in their thinking um and the word you used before is reductionistic um, and that's because it's a parts model so at some point in um, the development of healthcare in various countries and in particular in australia and america and the uk and new zealand and um you know let's say the bulk of the western world uh, they started to look at uh, parts for specialties. So you've got a cardiologist that looks after the heart, but they don't know much as much about the kidneys as someone who knows about the kidneys, um, or like a nephrologist, for example, uh, who would know a whole lot about the kidneys but may not know a whole lot about the brain, uh, which would be a neurologist. Um, and the neurologist may not know a whole lot about um, the gastrointestinal system, who would be a, a gastroenterologist, and so on and so forth. And so we have uh, compartmentalized healthcare. Um, so we've got a, a gatekeeper, which is your GP. Then you've got all these um, other people that are on the outer to that who would be specialists in a particular area. So based on a diagnosis of something being wrong with your heart, you would go to see a cardiologist, but not look at the whole body as a system of 
of organs and glands that are in a relationship. Mm. And that parts model has meant that, you know, if something's broken, then take it out um, if you can't fix it, right? So if you don't know anything about it or you don't know enough about it or you don't know how to fix it, then just rip it out because then the problem is gone. But, of course, that then has downstream consequences and upstream consequences, which is what we opened up the chat with today. So when you say, like, you, I don't know, how, how long ago did you get your tonsils taken out? How many years ago was that? Well, I'll tell you in a moment, but I would love it if our viewers on Facebook Live could put in, if they're happy to, the parts of their body which just got extracted just, not I want to say willy-nilly, but <laughs> yeah. without any major thought yeah. to your immune system because I want to, after that, after I give you my answer, I'd love to ask you a few things about all the different pieces that we've had taken out, particularly from the waist up, yep. which we don't necessarily think are connected to our immune system. So my tonsils would have yeah, come yeah. out when I was two or three. Uh, but I'll put my hand up and that say young. I no, have not a... That young. Oh, I'm, I'm, I don't know, four then, but no older than that. Maybe five. Six, um, yeah, five or six. But I would put my hand up and say I feel like I have a very robust immune system. But I'm definitely going to put chiropractic care down as a massive one for that because until I met Sarah... I would I would definitely get bronchitis or something like that every year. I would always have headaches. At my first date with Sarah, no, the first time I met Sarah's family, it's always a bit of folklore yeah. now. I would go, what's so bad about a Panadol? You get a headache, you pop a Panadol, <laughs> you know, and I'd yeah. be, and it's always a bit of a laugh, but <laughs> I was very, just a very casual yeah. pill popper. Clearly, I, I did have yeah. a lot of headaches. Um, I was, I was uh, you know, got colds regularly, but now i Hardly, you know, hardly ever. Um, mate, I could go, I could go three years without having a sick day, if you know what I mean. Um, well, there's other but, elements to that too, right? So, because your lifestyle is very different now, right? So, your the food. Yeah, that I you do cocaine take, every day, you know, marijuana every day. <laughs> <laughs> your exercise yeah. that you do, uh, your routines, they're healthy. The CPCs, I suppose, all of these sorts of things that you do um, also contribute <laughs> to that. So, it's not only is that your CPC yeah, yeah. cup. There it is. I love it. Chocolate footy cup cup. Um, so, you know, yes, chiropractic, but chiropractic is part of a lifestyle. You know what I mean? So it's it's all of that and it's a different way of thinking, I suppose. So that's that's kind of, you know, where you're going with, with that one. Um, I've got to bring tonsils in. when they came yeah. out at that age. When your tonsils came out at that age, you, um, your mum, there was very little known about the tonsils back then. You know what I mean? So like even though that was, let's say it was 30 years ago, I had mine taken out, let's say, 40 years ago, 10 years before that, so it was even less known about it. So it was kind of like, well, we don't really know about these tonsils. They just get big, swollen and red, and they get pussy, and then you can get Quincy, which is dangerous, and so let's rip these little effers out and then, um, you know, gone. So my grandfather actually had his tonsils taken out in the army um, without general anesthetic. So they went in there with a razor blade. Uh, uh, and cut him out with a razor blade while he was awake. Oh! Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> That's what the. So this is you know yeah, this is in the war right in the army. So this is like the 1940s. This is how little they knew back then about what it was or what it you know. So uh, and these days we understand the role of the tonsils and how they're important as parts of the immune system in the throat and they're a defense to the lungs. And then we know that the adenoids are a defense for the upper respiratory tract. And, you know, we know that the appendix is um, is defense for the gastrointestinal tract. You know, it's the part where the small intestine meets the large intestine in the cecum. And so like, there's this role to play for each of these little, you know, lymphatic glands. So it's really important. So, I, I yeah. urge everyone to just rewind 30 seconds and listen to that again because you just gave your diagram in like a 30 second 
spiel, and that is everything. That is just absolute gold and wisdom, particularly the you know, appendix in between the small and large. The word cecum is in there, which is just one of those odd words. Um, Damon, I've got to read this to you because there's a lot in here. So here we go. Here we go. You ready? Um, Helen Pocock. Hey, even Jackson's watching this. Yeah, Jacko's here. Um, Helen Pocock, tonsils at two years old. Laura Barry, tonsils at 10. Debbie Bunyard, tonsils at 19. Appendix out two years ago. I had no idea my appendectomy would affect my immune system. Wendy Stewart, tonsils at 22, gallbladder at 42. Sandy's got everything. So does her kids. They're all intact. Well done. Um, done. You know, so done. it's all very, I mean, a number of people already that are commenting. Um, and as I say, if there's one person commenting, there's 20 people agreeing. There's already people here that, I mean, tonsils and appendix and gallbladders, it's just all the rage. Mm. Mm. I know. So, well, yeah, it, it used to be more the rage. Um, and now there's, the, you know, surgeons. Now it's ad noise. To be honest with you, most surgeons, most well, most surgeons are reticent to chop stuff out. Like they try not to have to do it. They've got enough business; they don't have to do it. But you know, if you go to Midas, you expect a muffler. So you know, if, if where you go, um, you are surprised by the outcome, mm. but you chose to go there, yeah. then you know, have a bit yeah. of a think about it. Very well said. So if you. If you go to a surgeon, expect surgery, but most surgeons don't want to have to remove stuff if they can avoid it, right? So generally, a surgeon is somebody that um, you're going to be referred to if all else fails, and that's the way they see themselves too. So um, a, a great friend of mine, I'll call him a friend, we, we do a fair bit of work together, uh, a, a spinal neurosurgeon, uh, Patrick, he... He doesn't like to have to do surgery unless he has to do surgery. So, you know, if he can say, no, I don't want to do it, then he'll say, no, I don't want to do it. Um, and that's a good thing, you know, whereas some people go, oh, just, you know, I've come to a surgeon, fix me. That's mm. not always the way it's going to be. I came so to Midas for a muffler. That's what you do, yeah. Came to Midas for a muffler, not yeah. a windscreen. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, okay. So just to wrap this up, can you give it – tell me if I if you can't, but can I – give you the three organs and you give me the three like um uh like you know the cascade so if i say to you okay my tonsils have been taken out what's the generic response or impact of the tonsils being taken out well the part of the immune system oh hang on a second something has happened to my printer it's just popped up on my screen so i can't see you there you are um part of the immune system that protects our lungs um from infection uh, let's say virus and bacteria as it enters our mouth is the tonsils um, now so our lungs and our gastrointestinal system um, are protected by the tonsils mm-hmm. so if we take them out um, our protection um, is decreased so then the lymphatic glands that surround the whole of the mucous membrane um, then have to do more work so it and so you can have different levels of response so let's say for example um, the fire alarm is going off, but you take out that fire alarm, the fire is still going on. Yeah. So if you take out the tonsils, uh, because your tonsils have been having a response, the, your body's still having a response somewhere. It's just that you don't have the alarm bells going off anymore. That's oh. that's what I'm saying. Okay. So the lymphatic glands are doing a whole lot more work, more bacteria getting in. I'm feeling like a little bit feral already for having my tonsils out. Now let's talk about the gallbladder. <laughs> uh, what is the major, major cascade or consequence of having the gallbladder removed? Uh, well, the gallbladder is a bladder of um, bile, basically. And so it's not the gallbladder is not seen as a immune gland. However, uh, essentially what the gallbladder does do is 
dehydrate bile and concentrates bile and the liver makes the bile and it falls into this little bladder and so that when bitter foods are consumed um, or oily foods are consumed then the gallbladder contracts and some of this bile gets secreted into the duodenum or the small intestine to help digest fats um, and so it, that's its role so in a high fat meal the bile comes in to actually neutralize or to break down fat and then to neutralize acid um, from the stomach and so bile plays a really important role in the protection of the mucous membranes um, in the gastrointestinal system beyond the stomach now and also aids in digestion beyond the stomach so when that gets taken out it's not that you stop making bile it's just that you just don't have large concentrations of it to respond um, when you have a meal that's rich in fat that requires or a big heavy meal or a meal where you've got lots of acid being secreted and you know produced in the stomach um, to digest it that's not being as neutral not being neutralized as efficiently um, as it would be if you had a functional gallbladder and so when it gets taken out you just now kind of dripping bile into the small intestine um, without it kind of being um, dehydrated concentrated yeah is it dehydrated like literally I put you know my well, Soaked buckwheat into the dehydrator. It's not that dry, but it's uh, but it does get that dry. You know, so that's what you know bile stones are and gallbladder stones are. Oh. So you know when you get stones in your gallbladder, um, you've got two types of stones. You've got like a a cholesterol stone, um, or you get a calcium stone in the gallbladder. And depending on what it is, like determines whether or not the gallbladder can get it out. And then if the gallbladder is poorly functioning, then it can become infected and septic, and then that has to come out because it saves your life. But um, and let me just say that sometimes having these surgeries does save your life. Mm. So it's got to happen. But at the same time, um, it, there, there is a downstream consequence to that. And last one is appendix. Mine, and I think a lot of people's happens after a episode with alcohol, but that's not for everyone. What's the major consequence of um, the appendix not being in your body anymore? Well, the largest um, immune organ is in the gut, in the gastrointestinal system. Um, and there's a concentration area of lymphocytes or lymphatics, lymphatic uh, cells in the appendix um, that respond to um, allergens and, and, and particles that are moving from the small intestine into the large intestine and food and bits and pieces are kept in the large intestine for large amounts of time, long periods of time because your large bowel or your colon is responsible for dehydrating the food. So it takes water out of that so that you can manufacture a poo, basically. Mm. And the poo is the dehydrated food matter or leftover matter. Um, it should be dehydrated at least. Now, That's why they're thick. You... <laughs> That's why they're thick. That's right. That's why they're thick. Oh, my but gosh. If, um, this is gross and awesome at the same you... time. You're so learning so many things. If you take out that immune organ uh, at the cecum, you don't have that uh, that immune control in that space the way in which you would if that immune organ was there. So once it's gone, the response of the lymphatic system at that point um, is hindered. And to be honest with you, I don't fully know uh, the, the full role of the appendix except to say that it's like a tonsil, except it's in your it's in between your um, small intestine and your large intestine. So there is a role for it to play, um, but I think we'll learn more about that 
uh, as, as we go on. But there has been a significant increase in irritable bowel syndrome, which is an immune response to food. Um, there's been a large increase in inflammatory bowel diseases, um, which is an immune response to particles um, that make it through into the gastrointestinal system. So, you know, maybe there's there's a link there and that needs to be investigated. Oh, absolutely. I cannot thank you enough on behalf of all of our listeners. You get paid top dollar, and I say this very seriously, to present that information which you're about to share with another private organisation after we record this podcast. So um, it's so nice, Damon, we don't do it often enough, but it's so nice to tap into your uh, library of knowledge um, on these episodes. And I just... I have just learned so much about my own health and the health of my family and I know a lot of listeners here are just saying how uh, much they're learning about their own health whilst they listen to this and Helen Pocock said that makes so much sense as far as health issues I've suffered from all my life. So you're joining the dots for our listeners, for our viewers here on Facebook Live um, and yeah, really sincerely appreciate it on behalf of everyone. Uh, my pleasure, PC. Thanks for taking us down that rabbit hole. Um, it's always good. Like, you know, I love to talk about gut and Wendy and Debbie would know how good it makes me feel when I get to talk about poo. So, um, you know, it's a good thing. Uh, I just want to do a little shout out to a few other people that saw us there, like Muzza. It's great to have him there. Muzza from the podcast Before the Dip. Um, I'd like to say that it comes out weekly or fortnightly, but I don't know when it actually comes out. It just comes out, so it's a good. That's a great podcast. Um, Helen Pocock is there, and so it's really nice to see everybody just join us. So thank you for joining us, and PC, thanks for challenging me and asking me those questions. My it's, pleasure. Uh, nice to be able to share. My pleasure. We do have to run, folks, because Damo's got a big appointment with another company. So we want to say thank you to all of our listeners and our viewers for being part of this podcast and this Facebook Live today. To find out more about the great man Damo, head on over to damienchristoff.com. Myself, marcuspierce.com.au. Share this podcast or this Facebook Live with a friend. Show them how to listen to podcasts, whether they're at Apple Podcasts or over at thewellnesscouch.com or on Stitcher or Google Podcasts or even in Spotify, however you love to consume your podcasts. Share the love with your family and friends. And of course, as everyone says on their podcast, do give this one a five-star rating. Thank you again for your love and support of our message 383 times and counting. And until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.